And we're back now on Justice or Justice with uh, with Aspen Baker on the line. Uh, so this is good. The decision to have an abortion is one of the most emotionally powerful decisions a woman may ever make. Women and their partners may experience feelings such as sadness, happiness, empowerment, anxiety, grief, relief, and loss. Yet while abortions are legal, uh, there nevertheless remains a deep cultural stigma surrounding the uh, medical procedure. Uh, the result is that many women who have abortions find it difficult to find the right person with whom to speak about their mix of emotions. Surprisingly, pro-choice women may find that talking about their experience with their pro-choice friends is particularly problematic. Fact is that while women who have recently had abortions may ultimately remain pro-choice in their beliefs, their emotional responses to their experience may contain a mixture of feelings that don't always line up with a pro-choice stance. Fortunately, there is Exhale, an after-abortion counseling talk line that offers services to both women and their partners. Exhale believes there's no right way to feel after an abortion. The staff simply provides an opportunity to talk with someone that supports and respects women and their partners in a safe and confidential environment. And uh, joining us on the line is Aspen Baker, executive director of Exhale after her own abortion in 1999. Aspen was unable to find a service to talk about her feelings that didn't have a political or moral agenda. So she and uh, four friends co-founded Exhale, and she joins us on the line, I believe, from Oakland. Good morning, Aspen. Good morning. Oakland is right. <laughs> Thank you so much for, uh, for joining us this morning. And uh, how are you this morning? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thanks for, uh, for coming on to talk about this issue, which uh, I'm sure you're quite uh, comfortable and used to talking about, but it's, it's unfortunate that there still remains so much uh, stigma and um, awkwardness, I suppose, when talking about abortion. So why don't we begin, tell our listeners um, a bit about your background and how you came to, uh, to found Exhale. Um, well, I'm originally from Orange County. I grew up in, in San Clemente, um, and I was, went to a few colleges, but my last one was UC Berkeley. And a few months after I graduated, I found out that I was pregnant. And I went through a very difficult decision-making process. I assumed when I found out I was pregnant that I was going to become a mom. And so it took me a little while to come to this place to realize that I didn't actually have to go down that road and eventually decided on having an abortion. And I had expected that there would be some level of counseling or conversation around my feelings about it or that the doctor or nurse or somebody would say, hey, you know, if you want to talk about it later, you know, call us back, or here's another place to call, or here's a support group that we know, or here's 10 therapists that we recommend. And there was really just no discussion about it whatsoever. And so I didn't bring it up. Um, and then I went home and then started to look for resources on my own. And when I found resources, I found a lot of them, but they were all Christian-based and they were all anti-abortion. And I wasn't looking for religious-based counseling. And uh, that seemed really strange to me, that after all of these years of legal abortion, that um, there was really no resources, there was no conversation, that talking about the emotions around abortion wasn't a part of the procedure process. 
And uh, that kind of is what started me on the path to eventually finding other women um, who'd had, you know, related similar kinds of experiences and then us deciding that we could figure out how to make a change together and that change began, became Exhale and our post-abortion talk line that is operated by uh, trained volunteers. So what were some of those uh, emotions uh, or, or experiences that you were uh, going through post-abortion, um, if it's not too personal to talk about? I think I, you know, I feel comfortable talking about a little bit of it, and, and I just remember feeling really sad. I felt really sad that it was an experience that I had to go through. I felt really sad that it wasn't the time for me to become a mom. Um, I felt really sad that and and confused because (laughs) I had grown up not thinking that abortion was something I would ever do, and then here I had just done one, and so I was confused about who I was and what my values were and did this fit. And, you know, looking back, it's been 10 years now, um, and I did end up having the chance to spend some time um, talking to a therapist. And, you know, looking back, I can see what a process of sort of maturing it was for me. I think it was the, you know, first real time in my life where, um, none of the options sort of that I had were felt like good ones to me and had to make some really tough choices and, you know, that both of them had consequences. And so I see it as a real learning opportunity, actually, and a real growth opportunity for me sort of, you know, really becoming an adult. We're speaking with Aspen Baker, the executive director of Exhale. Uh, the website is forexhale.org, correct? That's right. And uh, it is uh, a resource for uh, women and their partners uh, who have uh, gone through uh, an abortion or the after-abortion experience and are looking for a place to turn um, for counseling, for advice, for emotional support that is uh, non-political, non-ideological. Had you been, um, you know, firmly pro-choice or or political or outspoken um, prior to your decision to uh, to seek an abortion? I, I'm laughing a little bit in my mind just imagining if there's anyone that I grew up with in high school listening because I think that they would safely assume that I was outspoken, but not necessarily around uh, being pro-choice. And so, you know, I, I grew up um, Christian and I went to Christian schools and um, was homeschooled in Orange County and... Um, definitely, you know, believed that abortion was wrong. And at the same time, growing up, I believed that that wasn't something that I could decide for other people. So I was in a very similar place, I think, to where a lot of Americans are, that sort of, you know, uncomfortable with abortion, think it's the wrong thing to do, and wouldn't tell somebody else what to do about their life, and believing that they were the best sort of position to figure that out. And so I had, I wasn't strongly, you know, pro-choice in a abortion is no big deal kind of a way. Um, and so that I, I think definitely had a role in how I experienced and then how, you know, I continue to think about it because I think one of the things that Exhale talks about is what we hear on our talk line 
from women and men sharing about their personal experiences is very, very different from what we hear in the public dialogue around abortion. That the public dialogue is very political, it's very, you know, judgmental, it's very moral, and we have this language for how to talk about abortion at that level, but we don't really know how to talk about it at this personal level. And um, the truth is, from what we hear from women and men, that there is a whole sort of range of ways that people think about abortion. And, you know, rarely, you know, it's, it's not a taking it lightly kind of a thing. People are making really significant decisions about their future and their lives and, and their values. And, um, you know, met most women who have abortions in the U.S. are already mothers at the time of the abortion. Hmm. Well, let's go from the uh, specific to, you know, more general. Um, maybe if you could, um, you know, take our listeners through maybe some, some types of phone calls that, uh, that Exhale receives. What are the, uh, the emotions that, uh, let's start with the women, uh, that women experience uh, after an abortion, what uh, what kinds of uh, w- what's the the variety of emotions, and uh, what is a typical call? Not that there is a typical call, but um, for lack of a better word, take us through uh, some some phone calls if you can. Yeah, I think that that's uh, a great idea, and, and you went over several emotions at the beginning, and those were all you know, right on the money. And, and so when a woman calls our talk line, um, it's often very soon after an abortion. So it might be the day after, it might be a couple days or, you know, a few weeks after. Um, she probably got our information from her abortion provider, went home with our brochure, or um, went online afterwards and, and found us that way. And, and sometimes, you know, people don't really know what's going to happen on a talk line. It's like I'm going to call and talk to this stranger and tell them the most intimate, personal thing about my life. And for some people, that is what feels really secure about it because they don't know this person. It makes it easier. And for some people, it feels more strange. Um, and so often, they're, you know, they might ask, like, what is this for and what do we do? And, and when they get through, there is a volunteer that has gone through very rigorous screening and and training who is there and and says, you know, my name is Aspen and I'm I'm just really here to to be there with you and and to listen and do you want to tell me, you know, what made you pick up the phone right now? Why did you think about calling Exhale? What's going on? And, And then women will start to tell their story and and they might start with, you know, well, you know, I am a mother. I have a kid already, and this is a new relationship with a new guy, and I'm just not sure where that's going to go, and I'm already having trouble, you know, feeding and taking care of the kid that I have, and I just don't really have anyone to talk to about this. Um, or it could be someone who actually feels really confident about their decision, feels like it was the best thing to do, and, and they don't have someone to talk to. So most of our calls are someone who, you know, doesn't have that partner or that friend that they really feel like will understand them. And maybe the partner or the friend that they've talked to has sort of, you know, misjudged them or thinks, well... 
you know, this isn't a big deal, you know, it's, it's not even a baby, we, can, we should just move on, and somebody saying, well, you know, this was, you know, really hard for me or really sad for me. Or, so there's a lot of, like I said before, that we don't have this personal language to know how to talk about this. So feelings can be sadness or grief or sort of confusion if there's, I've always been pro-choice and, and this feels different than what I thought, or people who have had abortions before and experience each one differently. And I think that's something that people don't understand either. Like, oh, I had an abortion when I was 18 in high school, and that was just such a clear decision for me. And, you know, I really didn't have, you know, any stress or, or long-lasting feelings about it. But this one, when I'm 35 and I have two kids and, you know, this one feels different. This one feels harder. So we at Exhale see that each one of these individual experiences with abortion can be unique depending on people's circumstances. And so what we do and what our role is is to just really be there and to listen and to affirm and, and to validate what people are experiencing as being true for them. It's interesting because, um, you know, when when people uh, are diagnosed with cancer, it's often hard for friends to uh, to figure out the right thing to say, you know. And uh, sometimes you don't want your friends to necessarily try to say anything to make you feel better. You just want them to be there, to listen, to be supportive. And um, I don't know, I'm not trying to compare abortion to cancer, but it seems like, you know, some people say, oh, well, what you're going through now is just, a, uh, you know, all the hormones in your body. And it, it almost denies that, you know, women can experience a spiritual connection, even just in the, the early stages of a, of a pregnancy, and that women can experience a sense of loss, even if they are pro-choice. Is that a fair assessment? Do you understand? I don't know. Absolutely. I mean, I, th- I think all of those things that you said... I, I, you know, when we have somebody in our life that's going through something that we don't fully understand, I mean, we all have stories of, of hearing people say the really, really wrong thing. Even, even if their, <laughs> their heart is in the right place. You even know, if it, their heart is in the right place, you're like, wow, I, I know you care, and that came from a good intention, but wow, right. <laughs> is that really what you want to say to somebody right now? Right. So, so we can have people that, that love us and that we love other people and, and we want to, you know, be there for them and yet it's just not quite the sort of the right thing. And, and I do have a close personal friend that has ex- been experiencing um, loved ones in her life go- having a really tough battle with cancer, you know, and um, she really talks about, I can only talk to other people who've been through this because I can't just explain it to someone else, and no one can understand, and I just want somebody who gets it. And so I think that level of sort of getting it, you know, if I call Exhale, they, they get it, because their women volunteers have, many of them have had abortions, and, and they've talked to lots of women who've had abortions, and, you know, that this isn't something totally new or crazy for them that um, might seem so to one of my friends. We're speaking with Aspen Baker, the executive director of exhale.org, which is actually the, the numeral four, exhale.org. It is uh, an after-abortion uh, counseling line uh, resource center. 
Um, before we, we take a look at, at the staff and, and look specifically at the kinds of resources you provide, I want to talk about um, the partners of women mm-hmm. who have had an abortion. Um, I don't know if, I mean, I don't know if you tally up your phone calls and whatnot, but um, how uh, involved are uh, the partners of women? What, um, if you had to guess as to the number of calls or the percentage uh, that come from men, um, talk a bit about what they experience and um, the kinds of uh, things that they seek from your, your resources. Sure. Well, we get calls from who we call loved ones or significant others, and that's probably close to 15% of our total calls. And, and so a loved one or significant other, it can absolutely be an intimate partner, a boyfriend, a husband. It could also be a mother, a father, a cousin, a friend, you know, somebody in the life of somebody who's having an abortion that is calling because they, they're usually calling around sort of two different areas and sometimes both. And, and one is, you know, this person in my life that I, that I love has had an abortion and, like, what am I supposed to do, you know, or what am I supposed to say, or this is what's going on, is this normal, is this not normal? And then um, we always ask people how they're feeling as well and how they're doing, and that's, you know, the other reason that they call is is, you know, my partner, my, you know, wife is going through this experience and I'm realizing that we're experiencing it very differently. And that can be really hard. Um, and, you know, so a lot of the men that call that are intimate partners have a really high sort of level of interest and concern and being really good support people um, for the woman in their life. And uh, a lot of them are also trying to figure out their own feelings about it or realizing, wow, it's okay for me to have my own feelings or, you know, is that okay? And and we've always believed that, that um, from the beginning of Exhale, that men would have their own experiences of abortion. They may be similar, they may be different, um, and that those are equally, you know, valid and real and deserve support. And I think some of the harder calls, you know, are when perhaps, you know, a guy was really ready to become a parent and his wife or his girlfriend was not. And um, so men can experience a real sense of loss and grief around that as well. Hmm. Um, does it create a distance between um, the the partner and, and the woman because it's, you know, if women feel more comfortable talking to women who have gone through that, um, does it create a, a gap or a, a you know a distance between partners? I think that's really unique to every couple, right? And so, going through something like you know an, a pregnancy together, a decision-making process, you know, an abortion—that's where we end up on that end. They don't always go that way, you know, Um, that those are all really, you know, there's big things being discussed and talked about. Are we going to be parents together? Are we, you know, ready for this? Is this, you know, part of, you know, who we are? And um, so things can get called to question for sure in relationships and people can be figuring out, um, you know, is this the right person for me? Do I really learn something about this person going through this process? 
And so that can mean, you know, relationships break up or that can mean relationships are stronger because people went through this together. And, um, you know, and, and so I think, you know, talking to an outside person, you know, hopefully that's a way to help people have an outlet for their feelings and, and can, you know, move to their own, you know, healing or sort of coping process on their own. One uh, thing that I, I really hope we can uh, quickly explore and then get into specifics about your staff and uh, where people can turn if they do want to call uh, and uh, when uh, the line is open. But um, it seems that uh, women who, who have that reputation for being outspoken or pro-choice um, might experience you know, a stigma or a shame or, or not want to admit that feelings can be, um, can be difficult, that they might experience feelings of, of loss or sadness. Um, I, I guess it all comes down to this cultural myth that pro-choice means pro-abortion, that women who are pro-choice um, wouldn't even think twice about having an abortion. And uh, I... I can you, uh, is this a myth? And, and if so, help dispel this myth for our listeners. I think there are, there's a couple things happening. One is we have a lot of assumptions and stereotypes about women who have abortions. And um, it's very easy to make judgments and assumptions about who these women are because the stigma is so strong, because we don't have this language to talk about our personal experience. And so this goes kind of all ways, right? So, um, you know, women who have abortions can be pro-life, they can be pro-choice, they can be both, they can be neither. And, you know, one of the things that happens also is that um, women who don't feel a sense of sadness or sort of confusion, who feel very confident that abortion was the right decision for them, they have sort of a different kind of stigma or experience, right, that they can almost feel like uh, there's really no room for me to talk about how this was the best thing for me um, versus a woman who feels sad, that that almost feels more culturally accepted, um, so it's it's a double. You can't win. <laughs> you, you really can't. You really can't win. It's 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 very very difficult to um, really you know listen to every person and and see the uniqueness of who they are and the and the uniqueness of their story and to be with them you know no matter what and um, and so if you feel relief and and confident that there's a lot of people you can talk to about that because they will assume that you should feel really bad. And if you do feel really bad or sad, there's a lot of people you can't talk to about that. Right. <laughs> because they think that you should feel glad that you had a legal abortion. So there's a lot of shoulds and a lot of judgments, and none of them are very helpful for our mission, which is to promote the well-being of every woman who has had an abortion. And part of our ability to to be there and, and, and promote well-being with someone is for them to have the chance just to be seen and heard for who they are and what they experienced. 
Well, let's uh, turn our attention now specifically to Exhale. Uh, talk a bit about the uh, the background and or training of your staff and uh, when is the uh, the line available mm-hmm. and um, you know if people want to uh, uh, make a donation where can they turn and uh, you know tell us a bit specifically about the services sure so our our main um, cornerstone service is the post-abortion talk line, it's available nationwide, and it is multilingual. So it's also available in Spanish and Cantonese and Mandarin and Tagalog and Vietnamese. And it's available on the, in California from 5 to 10, Monday through Friday at night for five hours, and then on the weekends from noon to 10. And our toll-free line is one eight six six four exhale just like our website, the number four and the word exhale. And our line is staffed by volunteers. And uh, we use a, you know, empowerment-based model of peer counseling that was really spearheaded by the anti-violence movement, you know, over 30 years ago. Um, that women who started rape crisis services and domestic violence um, services that really recognize that um, our job is to be there with women as they um, make their own decisions. And our volunteers are carefully, you know, recruited and screened around their connection to our mission and their belief in non-judgmental emotional support for women post-abortion. They go through more than 50 hours worth of training over the course of two months. And that's it's, five zero. Yes. Okay. It's quite extensive yes. and intensive. Um, and really, we cover a whole range of issues that can intersect with someone's experience of abortion from their cultural backgrounds and religious beliefs to the ways that racism, sexism, or homophobia can affect someone's personal experience with abortion, to issues of rape or violence, um, and uh, all of those things together uh, in an empowerment-based you know, model of, of really listening and serving as a witness and, and being with people as they you know, figure out their next steps. You know, what's my coping process? What do I... Um, how, what do I do to take care of myself? What works for me? Um, and, yeah. <laughs> and uh, real quickly, there's an, an e-card function right. on your uh, website. Uh, that is, uh, is pretty unique. Tell listeners quickly about that if you can. So after listening to a lot of significant others call our talk line and say, I don't really know what to say, and hearing, you know, one of our colleagues in the field say, you know, there's no Hallmark card for abortion, that we realize that one of the ways that people can relay their care and support for somebody in their life, a sort of cultural American tradition, is to send somebody a card for events in life that are big and small or, or celebratory or difficult. And so we decided that creating a way for significant others to express their care for someone in their life who's had an abortion, um, that we would provide an e-card. And so we have e-cards that are 
in, you know, five different themes. You know, there's a one for grief and loss, and there's another one that's encouragement-based, and they're available in English and Spanish, and you can email an e-card to somebody that you love to let them know that you're thinking about them. And so no one need ever say one of those terribly awkward things again. Hopefully. Hopefully. We know that it will probably happen. <laughs> and, and as long as the intention in the heart is in the right place, then it'll be okay. The website is uh, www.thenumeral4exhale.org. There is a button to uh, make a donation. And uh, Aspen Baker, I want to thank you so much for joining us this morning and uh, for uh, having the the courage and the vision to start exhale.org. So thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. Take care.